Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Breakfast with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Good morning. In the immortal words of the late TV host Ed Sullivan, we've got a really, really big show for you today. How big are you asking me? Well, today's topic is bigger than a bread box, faster than a speeding bullet, and it just might have more flavors than Baskin Robbins 31. What is it you're wondering? It's big data. And it's so big that it made the cover story of Information Week on October 10th, 2011. Now, big data, a little history here. Big data used to be the exclusive domain of corporate giants like the Wall Street banks. You know who we're talking about. And ginormous retailers like Walmart. But that is not true anymore. You don't need petabytes or zettabytes of information. We'll explain that later to play in the big data league. Actually, the low end of big data today is just 10 terabytes. Is that your company? But the adjective big doesn't tell the whole story. Gartner describes today's big data era as a three-dimensional 3V model. We've got the first V for volume of data, got the second V for velocity or speed at which that data changes, and the third V is the types of data. Rumor has it, and I'll be checking that out with my guests in a few minutes, there could be a fourth V lurking out there. We'll have to tell that to Gartner. So why did Information Week put big data on their cover? Because more and more businesses are struggling to make sense of it all. If you're not among those businesses yet, you could be any minute now. So here's a Pepsi challenge for you. Okay, we're not drinking Pepsi for breakfast, but pardon that. If your company's collecting big data, it's because you want it, you need it, and you're asking for it. But now that you've got it, how fast... How well and at what price is your IT department coping with turning that data into the great kind of information you can use to grow your company and your bottom line? So pour yourself a fresh cup of Joe, Earl, or OJ, wherever you're having breakfast, and join me at the Breakfast with Game Changers table. I'm going to introduce you to four experts who are serving up food for thought today on the question of the day. Gigabytes, terabytes, petabytes, zettabytes, what's up with big data? So let's get started with my first two guests. I'd like to bring on David White from the Aberdeen Group. He has 20 years of experience in the software industry. And at Aberdeen, he's a senior research analyst in the business intelligence practice, focusing on understanding the business value of BI or business intelligence. Good morning, David White from Aberdeen. How are you? Good morning, Bonnie. I'm very well, thank you. Where are you calling from? Uh, I am in uh, in my home in Gloucester, Massachusetts right now. 
Oh, good. You're local. I'm in Long Island, New York. And what are you drinking for breakfast today, David White? Uh, I, I had an overnight flight, so I'm still on uh, on strong black tea. <laughs> so. Oh, black tea. Okay. Well, that <laughs> was the okay. Earl reference. And I'd like you to help me welcome our other guest for the first segment, Byron Banks, who is a VP of Business Analytics at SAP with over 20 years' experience in enterprise applications. Byron Banks, welcome to the table. How are you today? Thank you, Bonnie. Hello, David. Hi, Byron. Byron, what are you drinking? I'm having a big cup of Pike Place. It's from a very large copy retailer who also happens to be a great SAP customer. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Good point. So were all of the references in my intro. So let's kick this off, guys. Who wants to take this? Three Vs. We've got volume. We've got velocity. We've got variety. Let's not get to the fourth one yet. How do you describe big data? David, you want to start us off, please? Yeah, I can uh, I can definitely take a crack at that. I think you're right, there's three Vs, and, and I think uh, Gartner coined that phrase about 10 years ago, so there's definitely time to maybe upgrade it with a fourth. Um, yes. But for now, uh, I, think, uh, I think you mentioned 10 terabytes as being, you know, the, the lower bounds for big data, I mm-hmm. think. Um, we can argue about what big data is, but I think a lot of the those 3V challenges apply to all kinds of organizations now. So uh, at Aberdeen, for example, we've seen the last year our research has shown organizations have grown the data they use for analytics by about 40%. Um, but also what we what we consider to be the decision window, if you will, how long after business transactions occur do you need, do you have to make decisions based on that data? That, that window is being compressed and, and is shrinking all the time. So that velocity of data and that, that urge to get uh, management information into the hands of people who make decisions is, is really, again, applicable, really, we see now to, to businesses of all sizes. So my description of faster than a speeding bullet is on the money, would you say? Absolutely, sure, no question. Literally. So Byron Banks, help me out here. What's your take from the SAP point of view and your 20 years of experience in enterprise applications? What does big data mean to you? And can we talk about how you measure it? Maybe we ought to get into that. Byron? Sure. So, you know, when I started 20 years ago, some of the largest banks in the world, when we looked at how much data they had, they were managing three, four, five terabytes. And for them, that was a very large those were the largest data groups in the industry. And now you look at something like the large Hadron Collider in Switzerland, and that is collecting 40 terabytes of data per second, which is really Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Say sure. that again. I want to hear that one. Go ahead, Byron. So what did you say? The large Hadron Collider, which is that yeah. big super collider that is measuring part, part, atomic particles exploding, when they're running a test, they are capturing 40 terabytes of data every second, which is just That's an incredible e- amount of information. Enormous. So what do they do with it? How fast do they need it? Let's let's plug it into the 3V model. What What's going on with all that data? What's the end purpose of collecting it, Byron? Well, what they're trying to do is they're trying to understand you know, really understand the origins of the universe and at the subatomic level. Now, granted, that doesn't apply to every business organization, but I think it gives you the scope of what advances in technology we have made so that people can now solve problems that they never tried to solve before. We have one customer in Japan that is looking at Tokyo traffic patterns, and they are grabbing, you know, live information from 12,000 taxis and it generates about 360 million rows of data, and they're using that to do real-time analysis to figure out traffic patterns so that they can provide that to 
transportation companies and move reroute traffic around traffic jams. And again, you know, that's a vast difference from what it was like 10 years ago when it was basically helicopters and traffic reporters. So I think a lot of organizations are looking at a lot of the advances we've made and really redefining their business and coming up with new ways of solving problems that they could never solve before. Interesting. I'm hearing a, a subtext of the word hunger, hungry for data. It's out there. How can we describe it? How can we capture it? And then, of course, what do we do with it? When do you think businesses started getting on the bandwagon that every little tiny piece of what their customers or their prospects are doing is fodder for growing the business, that it's out there? In other words, big data exists because somebody wants it. Somebody decided, let's go after it and bring it inside and examine it. So what do you think, either one of you, David or Byron or both, uh, what, were the, what was the social turn of events that made companies want to harness this data and think about it. I mean, this Byron, I'll take another stab at it. I mean, when we look at data, we see that, you know, 60% of the world's population has mobile phones. And mm-hmm. I think that plus some of the social media, Twitter, Facebook, has really changed people's expectations. You know, we've gone from RIM devices and things like that in the corporate world starting about 10 years ago to, you know, the consumer Consumers getting smartphones that can do video, can do texting, and I think people's people's patience for waiting for an answer has pretty much disappeared. I mean, what I do when I think about our business, I ask the question, is batch processing really dead? The idea of running reports overnight and then people come in and get the answer six, twelve, twelve yep. hours later? I just I just don't think that's real. I mean, I've heard it. People, if you don't answer an email in two hours, don't bother because somebody else has already moved business problem down the line. That's right. We're all in a hurry and we're all impatient because we know the world is moving so fast. David White, Aberdeen, again, your take on the, the social need or the business need, since you study and focus on the business value of business intelligence, is it all intelligent? I'm, I'm just going to ask this question. Is it all business intelligence or some of it? Do you sift the wheat from the chaff when you get the data? What do you do? Uh, well, there's definitely some sifting of the wheat from the chaff that needs to occur. I think also just to to pick up on the example that Byron mentioned earlier about the uh, the Japanese taxi company that's that's routing cars in real time. They are getting in vast amounts of data, but they also the the coming back to the decision window, if you like the the uh, the value of that data is very short lived, right? Because they they mm-hmm. get that real time data about what's going on, but probably within minutes, certainly within hour, that data has no value because the traffic's all changed again. So that tremendous uh, amount of data coming in, but that increasingly short decision window. So people are are, are uh, making those decisions faster, as, as Byron said as well. We've got you know a bazillion devices out there now, sensor devices, uh, phones uh, broadcasting where they are all the time. So there is a, a massive data coming in, and some of it is useful and some of it is not, and that's that's part of the challenge is for uh, corporate IT organizations to figure out with the people that they work with on the business side to figure out what data is really truly valuable right now and, and as I said, how long the uh, the shelf life of that data has value. Uh, so they need to then make decisions about how they prioritize, which data they collect, which data they they manage or they turn into uh, management information which they can then deliver to business decision makers and which, which data just either they throw away or they archive it away somewhere and, and save it for a rainy day in case they ever need it. 
in case you ever needed. So it would become historical data at that point. Uh, we are about a minute and a half before our break, and we're going to bring on two more experts, Jeff Kelly, the principal research contributor for the Wikibon Project and an IT blogger at SiliconANGLE, and Dan Lyle, the senior director of product marketing intelligent enterprise for Sybase. But before we go to break, I want to get back to our theme. The theme of the show is Breakfast with Game Changers. So, Byron and David, would you say that the data itself, the fact that we have all this data, is the game changer or the people who decided that they wanted to capture it and want to put it to work, are they the game changers or is it a combo? Byron? I think it's really a combo. I think people... People's expectations have changed because they can now see what's possible. It's like Google and consumer, all the consumer capabilities that people expect at home, the ease of use, ability to find an answer from Wikipedia or Google or any other source. So now when they get to the corporate world, their expectation is, why can't we do the same in our business? We invest so much money in our IT organization and all these new technologies. Why can't it be as easy to use and as instant as I get it at and I think that's really driven the industry to innovate and be much smarter to respond to these legitimate business needs. Very interesting. I think we're going to take a break because Bonnie is ready to refill her cup, and I didn't tell all of you I'm drinking, let's see, a tall decaf mocha skim with light whip. How does that sound, guys? <laughs> a bit of a second one. That's what gets me going. And you know something? I wouldn't dare do the full strength. I have to do the decaf, and you all have probably figured out why. So let's tell everybody <laughs> you're listening to Breakfast with Game Changers presented by SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. I'm going to go refill my cup, and I suggest you do the same. We're coming back with lots more on the topic of what's up with big data. Justin, take it away. business you'll find the experts here voice america business network the time for enterprise mobility is now according to idc by 2013 over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology comprising 34.9 percent of the workforce the impact of mobility on business is clear increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision making in real time no matter where they are SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind. With host Chris Cooper, you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. Be More, Achieve More can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
No family can survive on two incomes anymore, let alone one. If you are supplementing your family's income working from home, then tune into The Cash Flow Show, Direct Sales Radio. Host Deb Bixler brings you sales tips, lead generation systems, and best business practices that guarantee direct sales success. Whether you're looking for a little extra cash or a career change, The Cash Flow Show, Direct Sales Radio, will give you proven systems that will work in your home business. The Cash Flow Show. Every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Breakfast with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Breakfast with Game Changers. I'm going to give you a little bit of trivia. I'm coming back here. Bonnie D. Graham on Breakfast with Game Changers. A little bit of trivia about the show. That high-energy, bouncy music you're hearing on our breaks and when we come in and out of segments, it's actually called Snap, Crackle, and Pop. Is there any better kind of music you'd want for a show about breakfast? So I found it in the music library on Voice America, and we're just delighted. I'm having a really good time with that. And I'm also having a good time with my first two guests, David White from Aberdeen, Byron Banks from SAP. Okay, guys, are you feeling strong right now? Absolutely. Okay. Why don't you help me pull apart the breakfast table? Let's put a leaf in. And let's welcome our next two guests joining us here on the roundtable. I'm going to welcome Jeff F. Kelly, Principal Research Contributor for the Wikibon Project and IT blogger at Silicon Angle. Good morning, Jeff Kelly. What are you drinking today? I've got a nice a cup of uh, black coffee. I, too, was on an overnight flight, so uh, that little, Strong little stuff. coffee helped me get, get going. Good. Okay. We're going to talk to you in a second, but I want to bring our final guest in, Dan Lowe, Senior Director of Product Marketing, Intelligent Enterprise for Sybase. You've been with Sybase since 1995 and in high tech for almost 30 years. Good morning, Dan Lowe. Welcome. How are you? Good morning, Bonnie. How are you doing today? I'm great. And what's in your cup? Coffee, tea, or what? So uh, I roast my own coffee, and I'm drinking Rwanda Peaberry today. Grown on a nice small farm in Rwanda, so uh, it's good stuff. Medium Sounds body, very quite interesting. Good. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, medium body, quite good. It's excellent. Not over roasted like most. Put of anything the... in it? Any sugar, cream, or wouldn't dare? Uh, you know, I'm not a super purist. I drink it black, but also cream and sugar at times. So you know, today I've got a little cream and sugar in it. Okay, well, I'm glad I asked. So let's bring you two into this topic. We're talking about big data. We're still going to keep going with volume and velocity. So, Jeff Kelly, first of all, where are you calling from today, Jeff? Uh, I'm in Boston, in my home. Okay, very good. So, Jeff Kelly, you just got off the red eye and drinking full-strength black coffee. What's your take on these first two Vs, the volume and the velocity of big data? What's your perspective? Well, I think the you know the volume of data it's a, it's a relative term. You know, when we think about big data, in some cases, uh, some people think about the Yahoo's and the Googles of the world, and you're dealing with petabytes of data or more, and that's certainly 
big data. But as you said earlier, you know, for the traditional IT, uh, traditional enterprise, 10, 20 terabytes of data is big data. It's uh, mm-hmm. growing uh, at rates that are over the last several years, um, at, at rates that enterprise organizations just aren't uh, used to dealing with. So um, it, it, in terms of the volume, it, can, it certainly can vary as in the eye of the beholder. Um, and in terms of velocity, uh, no question, I think, the uh, because of social media, because of mobile devices, uh, sensor technology, uh, the data is being created faster and faster than ever before, and, and the pressure to make use of it uh, in a time-effective way is, is growing as well. You bet. And let's bring Dan Lal from Sybase into this conversation. Okay, Dan, with your wonderful Rwanda coffee, and am I jealous? I've got to get some. I hope they make it in decaf. What's your take on volume, velocity, uh, the combination? How big is it, and what do you see in your world at Sybase? What do you see is happening with big data? Yeah, I think as as uh, Jeff and, and David and Byron have talked about, you know, we see the the volume really taking off. Vendors have been talking about that for uh, data explosion for 10 years, but now our customers are actually telling us that, you know. What's interesting is um, Richard Winter used to look for the largest VLDB, the, the very large database, and about 10 years ago he was searching out for the, the person who could crack one terabyte in their database, you know, mm-hmm. and that was for data warehousing. And today... We're seeing customers with uh, transactional uh, transactional uh, databases running transactional applications at 10, 15, 20 terabytes. And data warehouses now, you know, as, as uh, Jeff just pointed out, 10, 20, 30 terabytes. And, again, that's, that can be big for a, for a medium-sized company. Um, uh, to tag on to one of the things David said, you know, we, we also have a, um, a company we deal with, a customer we deal with uh, in Japan that is actually doing a highway monitoring and bridge monitoring in Japan, and they're looking for structural uh, anomalies. And, and, you know, they have a lot of earthquakes over there, thousands mm-hmm. of them, literally. And so they've got sensors in all of their highways and bridge systems, and they're checking for structural uh, structural problems, and their uh, sensors are reading about 600,000 uh, inputs per second is what they're putting into their data warehouse. So wow. uh, the, the, the volume is huge, and then from a velocity standpoint, if there's uh, an earthquake and something structurally goes wrong, they want to be able to shut down that piece of the highway or that bridge immediately. So it's a case of volume plus velocity on this uh, this project called Bremos. It's actually a, a government project there in Japan. So it's it's pretty interesting stuff that's going on in in, uh, in, in those two areas on the volume and velocity. Interesting. It sounds to me like there is a, a lot of there are socially redeeming features to having big data. If you're talking about preventing disasters, saving human lives, and understanding how natural disasters can impact what's going to happen any second now, it sounds like a, a TV show from the future is here right now. So. What kinds of companies, well, we talked about mid-sized companies and the terabytes. I have a, a very naive question for all of you, and anybody can jump in. How do you know when your data has gotten so big that you can't hold it anymore? In other words, let's say a small company, let's, let's take an example of a small company that's doing something lovely, okay, something lovely. And let's say an Oprah gets a hold of them and tells the world, look at this wonderful product, it's fair trade, it's handmade, isn't it lovely? And people start noticing, and orders come in, and the company grows, it becomes 
becomes globally known. And the next thing you know, they are looking at getting an IT department and they're looking at data streaming in and they want to capture what we'll call sentiment analysis. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And they're growing. How do they know how fast that data is going to grow and how big they need to become to cope with it? In other words, let's talk about the life cycle of small to midsize as a company grows. Anybody want to jump on that one? Jeff Kelly, IT blogger, what are you seeing? Right. Well, it, it's it's a, definitely a struggle. I think. I mean, when you are used to uh, relatively small volumes of data and coming in at a regular pace, um, it is it is difficult to, to kind of expand. I mean, there are technologies now, um, kind of with, with parallel processing and using commodity hardware, where you can scale out your IT infrastructure at a relatively inexpensive. Uh, and I say relatively inexpensive way, um, but I think what's important is to have people in the organization that understand or at least are, are open to exploring different uh, areas where you can analyze that data and make use of it. I mean, one of the really important things about big data is it allows you to answer questions you didn't even know you had. Um, uh-huh. So okay. it's very important to, to be open to uh, kind of experimenting. I mean, I think being able to iterate uh Iterative analysis is very important when it comes to big data, trying new things um, and being open to, 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 to new answering questions you didn't know you had. And sometimes, you know, you have to question your, uh, you know, original assumptions in the way you're doing business. And, and that's more, that's also a cultural thing. So there, there are both technical and cultural issues that uh, need to be considered. Very much so. That's what I was looking for. David White in Aberdeen, what kinds of companies are you studying in your research and your focus on the business value of BI or business intelligence? Where, where is your microscope or your telescope looking right, right now? Uh, so we look at companies of all sizes typically, um, and certainly one of the things we've seen, uh, as you kind of intimated, Bonnie, is, is that the smaller organizations are also under more pressure now to manage big data volumes and to make those decisions faster. Two years ago, it, it, it was pretty much the preserve of large and mid-sized organizations, but now those small organizations as well are looking to make decisions much more rapidly. So um, I think as a, to, to build on what Jeff was saying, I think it's, it's very difficult for organizations to know um, and to predict how their data volumes are growing. So it's almost like they need to put in some kind of uh, – scenario planning exercise so they at least know what their options are when it starts to happen, whether they're going to, as as Jeff said, go down a a parallel processing path because they need to do rapid analytics or whether they need to um, use a a large virtual storage situation, which is really going to help them manage lots and lots of data much easier and whether they need to put uh, archiving policies in place so they decide, well, after a year, we don't need this data anymore, so we're going to get rid of that or put it on a tape somewhere in a warehouse and, and structure it that way. So I think it's you know, it's, it's putting that plan in place and having a, a, at least a good idea of what paths you can go down and what paths you can explore uh, when you need to react to that that, uh, that coming tide of data. And as we've said before, it's not – I don't think it's really the absolute volume of data. It's, well, if I'm growing by 5% a year, I can manage that. If I'm growing by 50% mm-hmm. a year or 300% a year, even if I'm Ouch. starting from 200 gigabytes, then, <laughs> then I have a problem, right, because it's still way beyond the, the volumes that I'm used to coping with. Exactly. Yeah, now, Byron Banks, I'm going to ask you, what sure. kind of person, what kind of training does it take to be the person who works for a company that is seeing this growth, whether it's 5, 10, 50 percent, who has the training, 
the knowledge, the foresight, and let's just say the strength to look through that pipeline and say, OMG, the floodgates are about to open. We'd better do something about it. Who are these people who understand this and know what to do? Are there, is this a very small Mensa type of group or who are they? No, I think, I mean, my view is it's not one person that has the right answer. I mean, IT has great skills and disciplines about building out data centers or looking to elastic clouds to deal with some of those spikes in business volume, but it's really the business side that is setting the pace of the business, right? They know the business initiatives they're bringing to place, what they're trying to do, whether it's to get real-time data now from a sensor where they used to get it once a week in the past, and it's really Mm -hmm. IT and business needing to work together to kind of figure here's the business problem or the business opportunity we are trying to take on, and IT give us the guidance and the consulting and the valued partner to figure out how we're going to deploy and what impact that's going to have on whether it's disk drives or analytic data stores or the ability to accept all of these new real-time feeds. So I think, you know, the organizations that we see, see succeed are the ones where business and IT are working together. And then, you know, again, they'll rely on external uh, consultants and uh, integrators and business partners to bring in whatever skill they don't have. The good news is we've been at this data explosion problem for about 10 years now. So there's a lot of people out in the larger community that have the answers. You just got to get ahead of the curve to bring them in. So it isn't, you know, the day before Christmas and you're out of, say, disk storage. If you're doing the right things, you're building towards that capacity moment. Good points. I bet you the people who are doing this, looking at this and understanding this, are drinking a lot of coffee with a lot of caffeine to stay awake while it's just streaming in. Let's take a break, guys. You go and refresh whatever you're drinking. I'm speaking with David White from Aberdeen, Byron Banks from SAP, Jeff Kelly from the Wickabon Project, and we're going to talk to you about what that project is when we come back, Jeff, and Dan Lal from Sybase. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. When we come back, we'll talk about the third V in the paradigm of big data, variety, and we're going to dip our toe in the water of if there is a fourth V, what is it? I've heard different rumors on what that is. We'll talk about sentiment analysis. We'll compare structured and unstructured data and a lot more right here on Breakfast with Game Changers. See you on the other side. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. 
SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. What does a visual workplace mean to you? How does it contribute to operational excellence? And what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place? Listen to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense to find out. Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Enjoying Breakfast with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Breakfast with Game Changers. Oh, that fresh mocha is tasting mighty good. I've got my hands full here at the breakfast table on Breakfast with Game Changers. I'm speaking with David White from the Aberdeen Group, Byron Banks from SAP, Jeff F. Kelly. I want to know what the F is, Jeff, at the Wickabon Project in Silicon Angle, and Dan Lau at Sybase. So we're going to move along the V continuum a little bit. We talked about big data as being described by a 10-year-old model from Gartner, and maybe they'll call us after the show and ask us what we think it should be. V for volume of data, V for velocity or speed of data, and V for variety of data. So we're going to go into variety, and I want everybody to weigh in on the fourth V, whatever it is. So... Uh, David White, why don't you kick us off on variety of data? We haven't really gotten into that part of the conversation yet. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly a variety of data, and I guess uh, the, the challenge is increasing variety of data is something that we see. Uh, I did research back in July of this year, I think it was, around integration, and certainly uh, found that organizations were trying to uh, integrate on average, I think it was 14 external data sources, whereas a year ago it was about 11 and a bit. So increasing mm. number of data sources there and also uh, bringing in external data sources, I think, is a, is a bigger challenge as well. When you have internal data sources you're trying to integrate, then typically you know the, the structure of the data um, you also have control, for better or worse, over how clean the data is, how high quality the data is. Mm-hmm. For external data sources you're bringing in, you don't necessarily know either of those so well. You don't understand the structure so well, and you, you don't necessarily know how good the data is that people are sending either. So that, that adds complexity as well as just the sheer number of sources. It just adds complexity and workload to try and figure out how good that external data source is for you. Now, David, you mentioned the word complexity. If you could turn that into a V word, would that be the fourth V, and what would it be? Um, it could be variegated, I guess. Um, certainly there's a lot of uh, unstructured data that people are trying to, to integrate as well, so uh, social media data, um, what organizations call sentiment analysis, so looking at the the words that people use on websites um, when they're when they're evaluating products, or the words they use from transcripts of uh, calls into call centers to see whether people feel 
positively mm-hmm. about products or negatively about products, so really trying to uh, to automate the analysis of that information as well is a, is a big area of interest for organizations that are involved in some kind of sales or marketing activity, which is, let's face it, pretty much everybody. That is everybody. Okay, let's move to Byron Banks from SAP. Byron, let's talk about variety, and what do you think the fourth V is? Is there one? I believe there is a fourth V, but I want to get back to this kind of sentiment analysis piece sure. that we just discussed because I think, uh, you know, David had some good points there. You know, even internally in our own systems, we have uh, the SAP Developer Network, which is really 10,000, you know, thousands and thousands of SAP developers that are going into a community site to share tips, tricks, look at documentation, and, you know, we moderate it with uh, some SAP experts looking at it, but the community has gotten so large we haven't been able to just read every single document. But there's a lot of good ideas on what they think about our products and where it should be going. So one of the things we're actively looking at right now is using sentiment analysis and text analysis to continually scan that community and look for patterns, recommendations of product things we're doing there like, and recommendations where our documentation may be unclear or things aren't exactly what the customer expected, to use that to feed into our product planning process. So, you know, some people say drink your own, eat your own dog food. We'd like to think mm-hmm. of it as drinking our own champagne, but we think this is a great <laughs> area that we haven't really tapped in the past to really get some, you know, better insight as to how we can evolve our products to better serve our customers. And I think lots of organizations are trying to do that. Very interesting. I'm, I'm thinking uh, sentiment, sentimentality, sentimental. I'm thinking other social aspects of that, but I'm not going to go in that direction yet until we have Jeff Kelly from the Wikibon Project weigh in. First of all, Jeff, we didn't ask you, what is the Wikibon Project? And then tell us about Variety and the fourth V. Sure. Uh, the Wikibon Project, we are uh, a small analyst firm based in Massachusetts. Um, we're basically an open source firm. We give, we'll give away our research for free. Uh, we publish everything in wiki form. Um, we also partner with a, a site called SiliconAngle.com, which is a blog out in Silicon Valley, uh, which kind of gives uh, gives us a platform to also kind of do some less formal uh, blogging in, in addition to our more formal research, which we do on Wikibon. Okay, so variety. What does that mean to you in terms of big data? How how various is it? Is anybody going to tell me that I was wrong in saying 31 flavors of Baskin Robbins? Is that number still too high for variety, Jeff? What do you think? Oh, I don't think so. Um, it, it depends to a degree on how you define it, but there—I mean, there are just—you uh, name it. There, there, there's a type of data out there for it. There's—you've um, got uh, sensor data. I mean, if you think about um, in, just in an IT organization, for instance, all the all the hardware, for instance, is sending back data uh, in the form of uh, log files of every action they're taking. Um, you've got uh, transportation. Uh, Sensors on on trucks, fleets of trucks in transportation companies sending back data. Um, from there, you've got you know think about every internet tra- transaction that happens is, it creates several data points that are being collected by the uh, retailer, by banks, by mm-hmm. uh, it could be a stock transaction. Um, you've got mobile devices that are sending back uh, geographic information where you are, when things happen, when you make a purchase, when you uh, log on somewhere. And then, of course, as we mentioned, the social networking, social media data, um, which everybody's familiar with, and, and the, the ability to com- combine all these, I guess that's where, the, where you get to the fourth B, is combine these, these different data types to correlate, correlate, uh, you know, new um, insights that you, you didn't really think you, you didn't think to even ask. Um, mm-hmm. 
know, when it comes to social media, you can do things. I've talked to some retailers doing some really interesting things around social graph analysis, and that, that's um, where, where you're trying to determine, you know, who your most influential customers are, not necessarily most profitable, but those customers that when they either maybe leave your leave your organization, do they bring in they bring with them their social members of their social network, um, mm-hmm. and that involves integrating and analyzing that social media data along with transactional data. Um, so that's when you get into this really complex picture, um, but it's some really interesting things you can do. Very interesting, and when I hear complexity, I'm also hearing as people's networks come along with them on the sentiment analysis, your data is growing again exponentially because one person could know how many others, influencer cycles out, 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 like the ripples in the pond. Let's turn to Dan Lau, Variety, and what's your version of the fourth V, Dan, from Sybase? Yeah, so I, I think it's just a, a uh, just an echo of what the other guys had talked about, and and uh, I can use a customer example of um, mm-hmm. uh, of a company in South Africa that actually does sentiment analysis to prevent churn uh, on their cell phone users. It's the, the second largest cell phone company in South Africa, so they utilize not only the transactional data of of the calls that their users are making, but they've actually got an analysis that uh, understands who their biggest and best users are, who their influencers are of other people. And they want to make sure, first of all, that that person doesn't churn. So they give that person better offers than they give other people. Second, they look at the people that they influence and they either give them new offers to to get them onto their cellular network, make them a customer of um, of their company, or to make sure that they don't churn. So there there's a lot of information that goes in, a lot of variety, a lot of complexity that they're doing to understand the these best influencers. So that's the kind of stuff we see happening uh, uh, in the marketplace today. People are getting pretty smart on uh, on the variety and the complexity. And so what's your fourth V? Would you go with variegated or is there something else? Yeah, you're really looking for uh, different complexity types, you know. And and it goes back to um, another customer back in the Northeast in Boston. Mm-hmm. You asked about what are small companies doing. Yes, There's yes. kind of a small company called Kayak uh, that's out of um, uh, com- uh, geography north of Boston. And if you've ever been to Kayak.com, they're, they're basically a, a, a reservation site. But they were pretty smart. They decided that they were going to go uh, utilize uh, Hadoop and MapReduce to do some really complex analysis of how people traverse their site. And then they're using some of the Sybase products uh, to compare transactional data with that unstructured data that they're analyzing from, from MapReduce and Hadoop so that they can give better offers to customers when they come to their site so they can get customers to stay on longer or to get the hotel package along with the spa package along with uh, with an airline package. And they're, they're a small company, so but, but very cool things that they're doing. And, and I think the people that they bring on board are people who are willing to not do business as usual but actually look at, at things in a more holistic and, and kind of a, a forward-looking way. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hearing you say subtext here, Dan. I'm hearing you say the game changer DNA or the game changer mentality is how can we do it different and better and grow the company creatively. I have a question for all of you. I wasn't planning to ask this, but as I'm listening to you talk about, it seems like everything we do 
becomes data. We all leave a personal and professional data footprint, would you say, is is correct? Somebody's watching. <laughs> is there such a thing as privacy anymore? Every site you go on, everything you do on your, your phones, everything you watch on TV, every store you set foot in, every place you drive, every place you fly. Do we have any privacy left or is that not going to be happening anymore? Um, David, why don't you just weigh in on that quickly? We're about to go to break. Only if you pay cash. <laughs> so, um, seriously, no, I think, uh, you know, we I all, we all, like, to use, we all like to use Facebook and free email accounts and free LinkedIn and free this and free that. There's a price to be paid for free, right? And you're giving you're up really? your personal data. It's as simple as that. Really is. I teach um, technology to seniors at a local adult education program, and I get a packed class of people in a lab with six Dell PCs, and typically they're in the, let's say, 65 to 80-year-old range, and the first question they ask me is, what's going to happen if I go on Facebook? Well, the, most of them are never going to go on LinkedIn. Facebook, what is Twitter? But who's going to see me? Who's going to know about me? Can I keep my privacy? And I always tell them, if you have that fear and that worry, you're probably better off not dipping your toe in that pool. Let's take a break right now and, and chew on that one. I'm Bonnie DeGram speaking to David White from Aberdeen, Byron Banks from SAP, Jeff Kelly from the Wikibon Project, and Dan Lal from Sybase. When we come back on the other side, we're going to do a wrap-up, talk a little bit more about privacy and sentiment analysis, and then I'll tell you what's coming up next week here at the Breakfast Table at Breakfast with Game Changers. Take it away, Justin. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network being here with ariel and shia kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern day enlightenment this show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment don't miss being here tune in every wednesday at 9 a.m pacific 12 noon eastern with ariel and shia kane right here on the seventh wave network are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line of business talk. Voice America Business. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. SAP Systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're 
enjoying Breakfast with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Breakfast with Game Changers. And welcome back to our final segment. I've just poured another cup of mocha. Thank goodness it's decaf. I'm going to do a wrap-up with my guests. Everybody seems to have something interesting on their minds. We did a little roundtable when we were during our break. And I'm going to give you all about a minute and a half to do your final thoughts. So let's start with Byron Banks from SAP. What about this privacy issue? How far can companies go using my data for my benefit or somebody else's? And do we have any regulations left, Byron? Well, I think it's I think it's a bit of a balancing act, and you know, to kind of disclose, my fourth V isn't variegated. Although I agree that's part of the problem. It's actually value. I think ah, value. I like that. Go ahead. So what everybody's trying to do is look at all these data streams and these potential ways to learn more about their customers, their competitors, understand how to be more responsive. And I think you know we can go a little bit too far and enter into this vein of Big Brother and privacy issues. And some of those mm-hmm. have customer service and customer relationship issues. Some of them also have uh, uh, government government legislation issues. Various countries in the EU and within the United States, what you report back on and how you manage your customer data is very, very different. So if you're a global company, you depending on where your customer is, what you can and cannot do with their data is uh, subject to a lot of regulation. So I think, you know, the challenge is how do we balance a lot of this new technology, the social media, the fact that everybody is doing a lot more things in Facebook, but also ensure that we don't violate any either privacy regulations or go so far that the customer just wants to drop that engagement because they're getting a little bit spooked by how much you know about them. It was that classic thing where you used to phone a 1-800 number and the call center agent answered saying your name. Um, people thought that was kind of neat from a technology point of view, but they found it kind of spooked the customers because it sounded like the person on the end of the phone was Big Brother. So now even though they know your name and are pulling up data because they have your telephone number and can identify you, they don't jump on the phone and go, hey, Byron, how are you? Good, good points all. I was thinking Big Brother. I'm glad you brought that up. Let's move to David White from Aberdeen. Closing thoughts. How do you get the right data to the right people at the right time? What's that all about in terms of big data, David? Yeah, I think that is a big part of the challenge that we've only touched on briefly here. I think uh, we've, we've talked a lot about how corporate IT needs to manage the flow of information into the organization, but as you say, getting the right information to the right people at the right time is still part of the challenge. And I, it, tying that into this uh, this concept we talked about at the start of a shrinking decision window as well, in the past, uh, business intelligence was what some people call managed reporting, and that is basically um, IT would provide reports to people, and that is what they got. So it's a bit like the Model T Ford, right? Everybody knows one thing about the Model T Ford. You could get it in any color you wanted as long as it's mm-hmm. black. And traditional BI reporting has been a bit like you can have any management information you want as long as it's on one of these reports I've already created. And so that that 
uh, shrinking decision window and the, the need for uh, business managers to respond more quickly to changing business events. Basically, it's taken us more to a, a situation, I think, where IT is going to have to provide a, a rich pool of data, uh, provide the right tools to people, provide education and support around that. But basically, then they have to get out the way and... We're moving to a situation where more and more business managers are going to be more hands-on with the data and more interacting with the data to try and get those insights themselves because corporate IT just isn't going to be able to, to satisfy the different questions they get fast enough. Thank you, David. Great points. Let's move to Jeff Kelly. Clo- Jeff Ke- Yes, Jeff Kelly. I'm reading so many names here. Uh, closing points. You wanted to talk about how small companies had better start paying attention to their data as it starts to grow. What's your closing thought on that, Jeff? Yeah, I, I just think that it's important for organizations of all sizes to start thinking about uh, the big data problem. Many organizations may think, you know, well, that's not us. We don't have a big data problem. And, and you may not right now, but but you will. This is going to uh, impact pretty much all organizations. Um, data volumes are no sign of uh, slowing down in terms of growth. Um, so I would, uh, you know, advise organizations, both from a technology perspective, to start uh, exploring that we didn't get too deep in this conversation about the different technologies, but different approaches to managing and making use of big data to start uh, exploring those, but also to really start a conversation um, with the business, uh, talking about you know, what are the new, what are the possibilities here? What can we do with this mm-hmm. to really bring value, as, as we've talked about? Because ultimately, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to um, establish some kind of value and competitive advantage uh, from all this data. Um, and really, I think it's time to start make, having that conversation now, even if your organization may not be uh, hit with the big data wave yet, you will be. And so now's the time to, to start that conversation. Thank you, Jeff. Value, very, very important, yes. And by the way, if you can answer this in one sentence, is there a talent pool of people who understand this and can help or advise or consult with small companies to help them get what they're supposed to be getting? Is there a place to go? Well, you can come to Wikibon. We've got some great, <laughs> some great information to help you. But <laughs> Shameless is, there, plug. Okay. <laughs> there is, however, there is actually, a, you know, in terms of the actual skill set of some, of, when it comes to the, some of the technologies, there is a dearth of, of professionals with some of the more advanced skills that you need. But there are some good um, traditional and some new startup uh, services organizations you can look at. And, and I would also advise, you know, ask your ask your current data warehousing vendor, your database vendors, what are you doing, and how are you going to help me deal with the big data deluge. Thank yeah, there's you, some Jeff good industry Kelly. associations yes, that are oh. independent collections that are very, very helpful, data management associations, things like that, which are a great place where people trying to solve common problems are meeting, chapter meetings in Northern California and around the country. Uh, Thank very you. useful. Good information. Dan, wrap up. You want to talk about data lifecycle. I can give you a minute and a half here. Go. You bet. I think to bounce off what what Jeff just talked about uh, is that all the things we've talked about, now we've got the five Vs. So we've got volume, variety, (laughs) velocity, variegation, and value. All of those things are interrelated. And so as a a person or uh, enterprise is having to deal with that, you've got to take a holistic view of how you're going to going to look at all of these five V's and put together an environment and a structure so that the line of business can uh, can maximize the value off of that five V's. And, and to date, uh, the way that the, the vendors have kind of approached it is they've kind of fallen out on one of the five V's. So either the vendors are going to have, have to put things together. I know Sybase and SAP are doing that together uh, in some of those areas. But uh, I think the customers are going to have to take a holistic view 
and say, how are we going to work those five Vs in, in, into one environment for us and demand that from the vendor community and hire Thank smart people you. who can, uh, who can help, help put that together for them. Thank you, Dan. I'm going to invite all four of you back because we have much more to cover. But I want to tell everybody what we're going to do next week here on Breakfast with Game Changers. My topic will be data freshness. Hello, in-memory computing. Is your data freshness more like Julia Child's pre-cooked cocoa van on TV where she had it already in the oven ready to show and tell? Or like Rachel Ray's 30-minute sandwich surprise, yummo? I'll be joined at the breakfast table next Wednesday, 8 a.m. Pacific, with IDC analyst Henry Morris. Oxford Economics Senior Economist Andrew Tesler and SAP's VP of HANA, Kevin Cox. I hope to see you there. Thank you, Dan Lal. Thank you, Jeff Kelly. Thank you, Byron Banks. And thank you, David White, for joining me. I thought breakfast was absolutely delicious. And I'll be in touch. We'll come back and share breakfast again. So, Bonnie D. Graham, over and out. Thanks to everyone who helped put the show together. And you all know who you are. We'll be back next week right here on Voice America Business Channel, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 Eastern. See you then. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Thanks again for tuning in to Breakfast with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the breakfast conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.